The opinions and views expressed in the OC Show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Orange County, are you ready? It's time. For the best damn radio show in all of Orange County. What's it called? The OC Show! Right here, right now, on KUCI. 88.9 FM in Irvine. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, a recharged and refreshed Cameron Jackson sits behind this microphone of truth, telling you what really goes on in Orange County politics. And while the others out there are willing to candy coat and tell you what you want to hear, You're going to get no such luck here. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the finest hour you'll ever experience. baby welcome to the show i am cameron jackson this is the oc show right here on kuci 88.9 fm in irvine welcoming you today and every friday from 5 to 6 p.m right here behind the wonderful microphone at the beautiful kuci studios bill hunt is with me today in studio my guest co-host bill how are you i'm doing great how are you i'm doing well as uh, as well as can be i was in iowa for a uh, week yeah, uh, I was there on a little investigation, my friends. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Iowa. Uh, I walked away from Iowa. Uh, miss, I miss Iowa. It is a state where they treat you like an adult. I know. You told me the story about the uh, the gun store. The gun store. I went to a. I, I didn't go to a gun store. I went to a sporting goods store mm-hmm. uh, that happened to have guns. And and when you walk in uh, to this this gun store. Uh, or the sporting goods store, they had a wall, a wall that was like 20 feet long on one side and 20 feet long on the other. It was right in the corner, and it was two tiers high, and there were rifles and shotguns. And you could walk right up to the wall. They were, they were uh, secured to the wall with these long coiled uh, yeah. uh, you know, plastic-covered cables right. that went through the cable lock or through the trigger lock, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't, like, operate the gun. But you could pick it up. You could play with it. You could... 
touch it and feel it. And there was nobody around. Nobody was hovering over me. Nobody even asked me any questions. I just went up and I started playing with the guns. And then I walk around and I'm looking. I'm, people are going to think I'm a gun freak. But I just, you know, it's, a, it's diametrically opposed to the way they do things in California. Right, right. Then I walk over and I'm looking at this rack and I'm like, my God, there's high capacity magazines here. Because you can only buy a magazine for your gun that has 10 or less rounds in it in California. Well, in Iowa, I, I could have bought a 30-round magazine right. for all they care. They right. didn't care. Right? It was right there. I could have grabbed it, taken it off the, and purchased it. I, in fact, I thought about purchasing a couple of them and mailing them to myself. I'm sure there's a federal offense in yeah, there somewhere, exactly. right? right? But, you know, I, I thought about it. I didn't do it, but I thought about it, right? It, the, the thought crossed my mind. Uh, and then I walk outside, and there's one of those A-frame boards, uh, uh, boards out there, and it's like, get your concealed weapons permit here. I'm like... Hot damn, baby. I'm moving to Iowa. Boy, it's amazing when uh, someplace treats you like an adult. It really is amazing. I mean, it just is one of those things that, you know, it was, everybody there was really nice. I, I mean, I had to go and talk to people that I, I never thought in a million years would be willing to talk to me or would be unfavorable towards me. Right. My God, they invited me into their house. We sat down in their living room. Uh, they would have talked to me as long as I would have wanted to talk to them. Wow. I mean, and if I changed the subject, they went right along with me. I mean, there was just, there was, it was the, it was so refreshing to be a place like that. Yeah. And then now I'm back here in Orange County. Well, welcome to reality, my friend. <laughs> if you're just joining us right here on the OC Show and you want to continue listening once you get outside of your vehicle, you can always do so. Go to KUCI.org. Click in the upper right-hand corner for your streaming audio. Also, if you want to listen to past shows, uh, past interviews that I've done on this show, uh, you can go to my website, theocshow.net. That is theocshow.net. Uh, click on anything you'd like. You can see upcoming show. Um, anything that's going on, you can find it there. Bill, we've got a big news story that is breaking here in Orange County right now. We sure do. Uh, now, this came to my attention uh, actually about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, I got a call from Tony Bashala over at friendsforfulton.org. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's fulltonsfuture.org, or you can just put in Friends for Fulton's Future in your uh, Google search, and it'll come up. Right. And Tony is a Tony's a good guy. He's a citizen journalist. He's a he's a blogger. He's got a group of guys over there that uh, blog, and they they talk about Fulton issues. Um, and he, they do a lot of good work over there for a bunch mm -hmm. of guys who are are basically amateurs who have no training in this. They right. go and they do they do freedom of information requests. I know them well, yeah. and they actually research and write uh, thoughtful pieces based on information as opposed to conjecture or party line that's exactly right that's exactly right and they they've done very good work well uh recently bill uh and you know this now there is a mentally ill uh, gentleman schizophrenic who mm -hmm. was homeless uh, kelly thomas right uh kelly thomas was uh he, he was contacted by the fullerton police department back in july uh first part of july i want to say july 5th and uh, during the contact and the, and and let's be honest kelly thomas is a guy who's been out on the streets for a while he, um i'm getting they're painting the picture that he's somebody who's been arrested in the past but as you and i both know and a transient and so on in a transient and so on as you and i both know uh uh, that's what happens when you get schizophrenia and you're out on the streets. You do crazy things and you right. get arrested for it, right? I mean, you just you kind of become the drag of society. Right. So uh, he gets uh, contacted by the police, and uh, according to reports, five 
to six, I think it's six now, Fullerton officers beat him so severely he died. Yeah. He died a couple days later. Now, the story pretty much ended right there until Tony Bashala got a picture of what Kelly Thomas looked like in the hospital. That Which his, is the one you just showed me. Right. Incredible. I can't... It, it, it's almost overwhelming. Uh, and and let, me, let me preface this with something, because you're going to get a lot of cops out there who are going to say, well, you weren't there, you don't know what happened. And I can tell you, I can recall a story, Bill, that uh, this occurred to me when I was a cop down in San Diego. Mm-hmm. One night, uh, we got a call of shots fired up in the air. Right. And it was a neighbor called and said their, their neighbor uh, was standing outside his front door with a revolver, and he was shooting, shooting rounds off into the sky. Right. Hispanic guy. So uh, it was late at night. It was like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and we had nothing but time on our hands. And I'd say probably 7 to 8 of us, maybe even 9 of us, went over there to take care of this. Mm -hmm. Because it's a big deal. It's in the hood, but it was a big deal. Yeah. We show up, and uh, we see the guy. We're all kind of set up on our little perimeter. We see him. He's walking around. He's walking to and from a car. And uh, finally, we say, okay, let's go ahead and let's just contact this guy. So a couple of the cops jump over the fence. And this guy is not a big guy. He's probably my height. I'm 5'7", but a lot stockier than me, right? Right. Uh, Typical just kind of migrant worker. You know, been working in the fields, and he was a strong guy. We, we, We start to approach on him, and he runs towards the truck. We think he's going for a gun. The fight is on. Mm -hmm. We pull him away. I swear to god this one guy took eight of us on yeah i we literally i would start i started at his head and before i knew it i was to his torso and before i knew it i was down in his legs and he had me in a scissor hold with his legs yeah while he's fighting everybody else right i work my way back up he punches me in the mouth and he's still, he, he's like, he laughed. I'll never forget. He goes, ha ha, I got you. Right? I mean, this is in the middle. <laughs> yeah, in the, the middle of a Donnie Brick. In the middle of this huge fight, this one guy is taking seven to eight of us on. Right. And there's nothing we can do about it. We didn't yeah. have tasers back then, right? Right. And, and, and So it's all physical force. You either got to shoot the guy or hit him with your stick or your light or, it, or your exactly. fist Exactly. whatever. We, we had lights and we hit him. But, it, it, but at the end of the day, when we finally got the guy into custody, we got him into custody. Yeah. We didn't beat him to a pulp. We didn't beat him senseless. Right. We, we did what we had to do to take him into custody, and we got him into custody. And, you know, frankly, I think we had more injuries than he did. You know, and that, see, that's a good point. The, the, what is the responsibility of the police? I mean, look, why do we put him through a six-month or really it's close to an eight-month training program now and teach him all of these uh, tools that they need to, you know, uh, need to have in their tool belt when they get out there, like how to deal with people, verbal judo, uh, physical arrest and control techniques, a wide variety of less lethal weapons to use, because we don't expect police officers to lose their perspective, even in a fight. You know, they've been trained. They're supposed to take themselves out of it. And and if you get to the point where you're just beating, I mean, it sounds like from the press reports in this thing that this guy, and apparently independent witnesses who observed it and so on, that this guy was down and he was just getting beating, beaten and he was pleading. And that's the problem. Police officers, you know, you 
we've all been in fights like that, like the one you described. I mean, I'm telling you, working in the jail, it happens all the time. But once the person, you know, the, the, the entire role of the use of force in law enforcement is to overcome resistance. That's it. Not to, not to dish out punishment or snap somebody's arm or teach them a lesson. It's to overcome the resistance, get them secured, whether handcuffed or hogtied or whatever it is you need to do to secure them and, and take them to jail. And when you look at his picture, when you look at, at, yeah. at Kelly Thomas's picture on Friends for Fullerton's website, it is a picture of a man who, I mean, I've seen, a lo- I've seen some pretty bad stuff yeah. as you have. And this was one of the worst I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I agree. When you showed me that picture initially, I said, that's his face? I mean, you have to really look at that thing to, you know, to, to yeah. construe a human face out of that. That was a significant beating that guy received. And, no question about it. And I don't care how many cops were there. I don't care what kind of weapons he had on him. That right there shocks the conscience of the court. Yeah. It shocks the conscience of anybody who looks at it. And right. there was, I, I'm sorry. But for me, having been in those kinds of fights before, there's zero justification for the beating yeah, that that guy got. Absolutely zero justification. So what happens now? Because look, you know, here's the thing. And we, this is a problem. We need to talk about what's happening yeah. now. Well, let, what what may not have happened. There, before we go there, let's talk about, you know, we, we both worked in law enforcement. And I worked, I was both a supervisor and a manager in, in, uh, at the jail where a lot of fights occur. And for some reason, you don't seem to have the same use of force type issues out in the field and patrol that you do uh, in the jail there's just a lot more close contact inmates aren't uh uh deputies aren't armed except with maybe pepper spray and tasers nowadays uh and inmates by and large aren't armed so they're more likely to go into unarmed confrontation with the staff and so on and i used to tell the deputies i say look if you you know when you're doing the right thing you know you know when the force you're using is justified and and i would tell them look if if you're in a fight and you have to punch someone don't hold back because that's almost almost as bad when you when you when you hold back thinking maybe you can when you're in a fight and you're using force use the force you need to get that thing over and done with quick so you that's don't right. injure yourself or ruin your career or heaven forbid get yourself hurt because you were reluctant to use the proper force but when you're looking over your shoulder to see if the sergeant's coming before you throw the next blow you know you've crossed the line and that's the problem you know, I've seen it. You've seen it. I've seen guys deliver kicks after people have been handcuffed and different situations like that where they lose their cool, and it's, and it's unacceptable. And generally, though, by and large, in every situation that I was in, somebody, myself or somebody, generally stepped in and, and, and said, hey, that's enough. Because people, cops are human too, right? We hire from the human race. Yeah, and you get, you get, you get amped up, up, you get, and you, you might get have gotten up, hit right. and, and injured, and you're excited. And so that I think the public understands and forgives. But when you hold somebody down, as the reports were here, and you beat them with the butt of your taser until there's blood popping up, and then you do a knee drop on their on their throat right. and on their nose, yeah, a couple of them to crush their. And th- I mean the whole and. We need to talk about the dynamics now, the politics yeah. and the dynamics behind this, because this happened on July 5th. Right. There's video of it 
from bystanders. Mm-hmm. There's video of it from a dispatcher video camera. Apparently, they had a video camera in that area. I want to say it was near the train station. Yeah. And they, wow. They zoomed in on this, and they could That's see right it. That's right over by Tony Brashala's shop. That's exactly right. Yeah. And uh, um, this apparently... This video has been in the hands of the DA, and really nothing was happening until Tony Bashala got involved with this and, and published that photo. And then apparently what so really... So what you're telling me is that Greg, uh, Greg Heidel wasn't involved in the beating? Greg Heidel was not involved with the beating. <laughs> well, the DA would have that on the front page, right? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. But I think we've got, a, we've got some political cronyism going on here. Apparently, the chief of police... Mike Sellers. Mike Sellers. Mike Sellers, who's a serious chief of police, a, a, a serial chief of police. Oh, I mean, he's been, he was uh, Seal Beach's chief of police, then he became Laguna Beach's chief of police, and then he became Fullerton's chief of police. All right, and it sounds like he's got connections with Tony Rakakis. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what do we know about Tony Rakakis? Tony Rakakis does not, A, prosecute anybody who is a political figure. Right. Chiefs could be political. And B, there is a strong reluctance. Uh, from the DA's office to prosecute law enforcement. Well, and also, but in fairness to the chief, I mean, we we can't jump right to prosecuting the chief until we know what uh, the chief what the chief did or didn't do. I no, mean, no, if no, he no, handled no, no. the investigation not, yeah, properly, I, and, right? I'm right. not I'm not insinuating that we should be uh, yeah. prosecuting the chief. Right. I'm saying that why aren't they? Why isn't the DA if they've had this information for a significant period of time? Why aren't they looking into it? And they may be. Maybe there's an investigation underway, and this thing got out in the public, and, you know, that could have happened. I mean, you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. You've got to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm nervous. I, yeah. I would have been more nervous had it not. Now I hear you know, other radio stations are picking this up. The, yeah. the uh, Daily Telegraph uh, in, in Europe, in England, has wow. picked this up, and I think it's going to go viral from there because I mean, the Register now has got three reporters on it for yeah. crying out loud. And look, this is just like anything. Once an issue becomes political, then it becomes about agendas. And this has, particularly here in Orange County, where, where the closed shop political community that takes care of each other, that's the reputation we have here, right? Yes, yes. They don't rock the boat, and they won't. They, they are, look at my corona. I mean, they're very reluctant to call a spade a spade unless they're forced to do it. So maybe that's what's pushing this thing into a political issue, which which will cause attention, you know, well, attention. Well, and, and kudos to uh, Sean Nelson, the supervisor over yeah. there, that district. Sean actually sent a message, a uh, letter over to the uh, feds and said, you guys need to look into this. And the yeah. reason I would imagine that, he, that Sean Nelson is asking that, this is just speculation on my part, is because he got he ran into a brick wall at the DA's office. That would be why else would he jump all the way up to the feds if he didn't start at the DA's office yeah. first? And I'm telling you, man, this was gonna they were gonna sweep this and broom this under the rug. They and, were gonna do what they always do over there when they can get away with it. And, and for folks who don't know, Sean Nelson is the supervisor board of supervisor for that district of Orange County. I believe it's the fourth district. He also was a former. Uh, city councilman, the or city Fulton. of Fulton. So right. it's a pretty, you know, he's got uh, he's got ties there. And also, isn't um, uh, Bruce Whitaker? He's uh, currently a, con- a, a a city council member up there, and he's uh, taken the issue head on too. And what I liked about Bruce's comments were, he said, "Look, you know, public agencies." And this was one of my beefs when I it, when I was running for sheriff. And one of the things that I find reprehensible about public leaders. I mean, there are things like the Peace Officers Bill of Rights that prohibit uh, police administrators from speaking about the details of investigations of their 
staff, but they can certainly give information out about an investigation being underway instead of just coming out and saying we can't comment until the investigation is complete. Now, you can come out and say, look, the investigation's underway. I don't, at this point in time, we don't have all the facts. We're going to wait until we get those things done and we put them in perspective and, and come to some type of final conclusion as to what happened and what we think the remedy should be from here moving forward. But here's what we know now, and here's what I can tell you. And those are the things that I think if public figures did a little bit more of that. You know, one of my heroes is who? Sheriff Joe Arpaio, right? <laughs> Does that guy, you, you know, he never hides behind his desk and, and waits for something to get out of control. He'll walk right out to a group of members in the media and say, here's what I know, here's what we're doing, what are your questions? And he'll stand there and answer the questions. Now, they may not like it, they may want him to do something different, but at the end of the day, you can't accuse the guy of sticking his head in the sand and not uh, and, and not being accountable to the people, and that's what their job is. Well, another thing that's making me a little nervous, too, on this case is we've got now a uh, photograph that's come up on the uh, – that the Fullerton Police Department has released. Yeah. And they've released a photograph of what they say is uh, Kelly Thomas, and they, they, they posted it is because he's wearing no shirt. He and looks, he, he looks almost as bad as Nick Nolte. He does. He, he does. <laughs> I think Nolte actually looked worse. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but he, you know, that what they show in here is a is what they're trying to show is that a he's scary, buffed out. He's, yeah. he's scary, scary looking, transient. and he's and, he, and he's he's lean, but he's 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 a little buffed out. And the the parents are saying uh, of Kelly Thomas that that's not their son. That this picture is not their son. And I'm, you know. Uh, I haven't seen enough photos of him yet to be able to say conclusively one yeah. way or another. And the one photo you have seen? It doesn't look yeah. like him at all. The exactly. one photo, the, the photo of him in the hospital on that bed. You're not going to be able to make out anybody. In that that is got to be one of the worst photos I've ever, that is a beat down like I've never seen actually. Yeah. I mean that was, I mean it's unbelievable. And here you've got, you've got a witness who's seen the dispatch video. It was on another radio station. He's yeah. seen it. I listened to him, and he said that the officers, one of the officers took the butt of his taser, and he, and he was beating Kelly Thomas so bad until blood started, and he's, he's unconscious at this point. Yeah. Blood started spurting out all over the place. And then another so officer dropped... you have to dropped. ask yourself, what, how many officers there? They say six? Six. You've got to ask yourself, who was the adult in that party? I mean, there had to be uh, a senior listen, officer. I'm, there had to be somebody with enough sense to step in and say, enough, guys, enough. I'm going to tell you what happened. I, I, can, I can tell you exactly what happened. Those officers, and I know this from Bushala, mm -hmm. there is a group of officers that have, been, that have been tasked with cleaning up the downtown area. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it happened down in San Diego. Whenever you tell a group of officers, and they did the same thing in San Diego, they had a group of officers that they said, clean up the downtown area. And then they turned a blind eye to it, right? Because they, they think um, yeah, it, it happens. But listen. Right? Wait, wait, but wait, listen. wait, 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 wait. But, but again, it's leadership. Look, when I was in San Clemente, I, I went to my deputies and I said, we are... But you're you are going to have, have a war on the homeless. You have ethics, though, and they know that about you. But if you get a guy out there that doesn't have ethics, if you have a supervisor who is unethical and has a group of guys around him that he hands pan picks, yeah. and they say, "Get out there and fix the problem," and, they, yeah. and we don't want to hear anything about it, you know that happens. And I'll tell you, this is what I think happened. I'm completely speculating here, but this is—I bet this is pretty pretty close to it. 
Kelly Thomas was a guy that had been down in that area for mm-hmm. years. He'd been an eyesore. People right. from the businesses, and you they know. cited him and taken him to jail. And he gets released right out, and he doesn't do any time. Exactly, and he's back, and, right. and he's always bothering people down mm-hmm. there. And and that night, that night they showed up. Somebody called up and said there was a car burglar that night. That part is 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 known. They see him there, and they said. We're going to teach this guy. Now, a was lesson. he burgling the cars? Do I, we know? Have I, they tied him into the burglar? I, I know. I, I, I see know. that 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 connection was made to how they got there, and he came to their attention. We don't know. No, There's no confirmation burning, if he right. was okay. Exactly the guy. Um, but I bet you a million dollars. They said we're going to teach this guy a lesson. We're tired of you. We're going to teach you a lesson. And and again, I'm speculating, but I bet you a million dollars that's what happened. Yeah. And and you know what? How do you teach a crazy guy a lesson? He's crazy. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's, he's nuts. Right. You can't teach a crazy yeah. guy a lesson. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, this thing, and, you know, getting back to the photo, this, this, to me, and, again, we don't have all the facts either, so we're speculating, but it, when the parents come right out and say, look, this picture is not of our son, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the spot in the article right here where they talk about it. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, he says, Kelly... The, the, the victim in this case, the, the guy who was killed. Kelly is redheaded from head to toe, even in his, in his worst homeless pictures. When you look at the nose in the photo, it is long from top to bottom. Kelly doesn't have a nose, anything like that. It's not him. Now, that to me, listen, if the police are releasing the wrong... Look, they had to know that this thing was going to spin up. They had to know. So if they're releasing... It, bogus photos uh, you know what's the what's the likelihood that that was a mistake well right? well and here's the thing that the police said and i'll give them the benefit of the doubt on this one the police said that sometimes when we take these photos what you get on the other side of the photo when it's been digitized and whatnot or the lighting that they or the type of camera that they use it doesn't look like that guy and i can tell you you know i've taken pictures of my kids before yeah. where they have like weird hair color because of the lighting and the yeah, camera and whatnot and that could very well have happened in this photo right yeah. i mean that giving them the benefit of the doubt on that but when you've got parents I mean, parents know their kids though yeah but i look at this picture look camera this picture is not an unclear picture you can see the eyes you can see the nose yeah, the facial true. hair that's true look, i'm looking at if it right I'm now looking too. At this i'm going to be able to identify that guy if he's standing in front of me that's true and, and i do a lot of things with with fugitive apprehension where i'm working off a booking photo and you see the person and uh, the, the the actual person in front of you and you're like uh oh, is that the same guy but, or particularly women where they change their hairstyle or they mm, put on weight yeah, right, or whatever right, right, right. so uh this photograph is of pretty good quality i could identify that guy based on his eyes and nose i think and if you look if 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 i saw a picture of my son like that I'd know it was my son. That's true. That's true. You know? Yeah, you would. You it, would it's for not, sure. It's not like it was taken in a dark bar and, you know, and, and it's a partial. It's a, it's a standard booking picture. All right. Well, you know, I, uh, I'm i going to queue up some, uh, some uh, quick commercials here because we need to take a break. And, you know, after the break, I want to talk about... Um, well, I want to talk about this debt ceiling stuff. Yeah. I think we really need to touch on this. What I mean, a freak show we're it, in right it, now. It, it, it is, and I think we need to kind of parse it out a little bit. I've been following it just enough to kind of have an idea of uh, how to explain it, what's going on. Mark but, my words, Cameron. We are going to get sold out. This Tea Party effort for accountability 
I think has hit the snag in the road today. And I'll explain my uh, rationale for that. Yeah, I'd like to hear that, actually. I really would like to hear that. If you're listening, if you're just not joining us, this is the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Cameron Jackson, my guest co-host, Bill Hunt. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. The opinions and views expressed in the OC Show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Just remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are your Superman. Kicking butt and taking names. I love that opening, Bill. I really do. Welcome back to the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Cameron Jackson, your faithful host here every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. My faithful guest co-host, Bill Hunt, sitting across from me. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing good. How are you? Excellent. I am doing well myself. We had a great first segment there. Uh, If you are just joining us and you want to continue listening, you can always go to KUCI.org. Click in your upper right-hand corner for your streaming audio. That, of course, is if you're in your vehicle now and you want to get out of your vehicle uh, because you're absolutely gripped to what we have to say and cannot uh, stand being away from the radio while we are on the air. Also, you can go to my blog anytime you like, theocshow.net. That is theocshow.net. You can uh, listen to past shows, see upcoming shows, see commentary, etc., etc. I will be posting this show today uh, on the blog because we talked about the transient, uh, Kelly Thomas, who was beaten to death by the uh, Fullerton Police Department back in the first part of July. Uh, And I want to get as many... um, what, as many hits out there as possible for this story. We need to have more and more stories about this mm-hmm. to keep this uh, moving forward. That's not going to sit well. Uh, no, no. It, it may should it. No, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, uh, on to other things, though. Uh, we do need to move on. This the next big story, uh, obviously, is this debt ceiling. And normally, yeah. normally we don't cover the debts, the the real big stories out there. But this one is of such importance. I think we need to uh, delve into it. Now, the, on the surface, uh, everybody knows what the problem is. The problem is that the government, uh, unlike you. Uh, in your own private lives, the government gets to set how much money it can spend mm-hmm. and, and borrow. And so when the government uh, reaches a point, a, uh, if in many ways it's kind of a fictional line, uh, we can only borrow up to uh, $14 trillion. Right. Now we need to borrow more money, please. Uh, so let's raise the debt limit that we can borrow up to whatever number they want to, you know, whatever, throw your pie in the sky number out there. Uh, so we've had this big... Uh, ruckus between the Congress and the Senate mm-hmm. and the President on raising of the debt ceiling. Which is all manufactured, by the way. 
They could have avoided this thing at any time if there were any responsible adults in the room that wanted to do something about it. Well, absolutely. And so what we've had is we've had this kind of whimsical farce of Republicans led by Boehner uh, and, and, and tried to be held accountable by the Tea Partiers uh, to say, listen, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling until you fix this spending problem that we have in America right now. We right. need to cut spending. We're not going to raise taxes. Right. And we need to start fixing this problem. Yeah, because, that was the original concept. Yeah, the whole because it's like, look, guys, you, you keep coming to us, not just you, Barack Obama, but George Bush and every other president keeps coming to us and they say, look, we want to spend more money. We want to spend more money. And you know what I don't get is the argument that, well, you're just picking on Obama. Well, the reason they're picking on Obama is that the spending under the Obama administration is greater than any president in history. In fact, it's about three times. Everyone likes to blame Bush, and believe me, I was no Bush fan when it comes to his fiscal policies, as is well documented from our uh, discussions here. Barack Obama is three times, spent three times more than Bush did uh, when he was in office. And, and Bush was in office for eight years. And we're only two years into Correct. this. So it's crazy. So all they're saying is, hey, bud, we will... We will Raise the debt ceiling one more time. But to do that, you're going to cut spending, get our fiscal house under control. And we also want a constitutional amendment to require a balanced budget like most states have so that you have to have a budget that, that where the numbers add up and you can't do these voodoo economics and, you know, all this uh, wishful thinking stuff that Obama uh, talks about where they just move things around or they use very rosy numbers to predict what the, how, how things are going to turn out in the and, end. And, and we know our economy is not performing to support that. And, you know, you I kind of got inklings from the beginning that this was going to go downhill based on the number that they were that they came up with that they wanted to cut four trillion yeah right and the when you talk about what we this is what kills me on this because you've got barack obama initially saying okay if you want four trillion in cuts we've got to raise a trillion in taxes and i'm like wait a minute wait a minute we just raised a trillion in taxes over the next 10 years with Obamacare. Yeah. Now you want to raise another trillion? So really what we're getting is we're getting only $2 trillion in cuts because you just raised a trillion with Obama. And this is where I knew. I said, you know what? They're going to flub this up. This is going to get – because nobody yeah. in the – no, I haven't heard anybody yet in the Republican Party stand up and say, wait a minute. How can we raise taxes a trillion dollars when you just did it? With Obamacare. Yeah. And, here, and see, here's what's even, this is what's even more problematic for me. Here's what scares me. It's the move the football uh, scenario. Lucy and Charlie Brown. You remember Charlie Brown, Lucy to hold the football down and say, come oh, yeah, on yeah, up yeah, and kick yeah, it, Charlie yeah, Brown. Right, and she'd right. pull it out of the way and it wind up on his back. Right. What did Barack Obama do four months ago when we had, when we had the budget that passed? It, it wasn't even four months ago. What did he do? He gave we, we, we went through this we, we had this dance with Boehner and, and, and Obama where they met and they came to terms on this agreement and they both came out and declared victory and we found out afterwards that the cuts that they said were there weren't there. That we didn't cut what they oh, said. They, that's they were right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That? I remember that. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple yeah, yeah. of months I, ago. I remember that. And that's what I fear right now. And that's what the Tea Party delegation that's being, you know, and I hear these commentators like Bill O'Reilly and 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 uh, Charles Krauthammer and all these establishment conservative uh, uh, watchdogs or or um, uh, 
They're columnists. Yeah, well, commentators. And they're out there blaming the Tea Party. And I think, what are you, fools? Don't you remember what just happened? That's what they're going to do again. I mean, we looked at the numbers. And why do you think Boehmer had to run back and redo his plan yesterday? Yesterday. Because somebody checked the numbers and they said, hey, bub. These cuts don't add up, which is just what happened to us three months ago. And here's the problem, and here's where I see the problem is with this whole uh, uh, ceiling, debt ceiling increase bill. The good news is it's only temporary, as Boehner has it. So they've got to go back and create this uh, battle again at the end of the year. But here's the problem. I think the Republicans have shot themselves in the foot, or the conservatives, I should say, because there are plenty of Republicans like Boehner and the rest of these establishment Republicans who wanted nothing to do with this fight anyway. That guy was pushed into a kick and screaming. He didn't like it the, back. The the the, the um, um, he didn't like the budget fight, and he doesn't like this one. But they passed this bill. By the way, one California congressman, one, didn't vote for it, and that was McClintock. All the rest of them got in line and voted for it, which, go figure, right? Now, that thing's going to go to the Senate. What do you think they're going to do? Harry Reid already said it's dead on arrival. He's beating his chest about how in grave danger we are, but they're going to take that bill, they're going to amend it, modify it, gut it, gut it, and they're going to send it back to the House, and you know what? Every one of these uh, congressmen who voted for it will vote for it again, and so will the Democrats, and we're going to get some watered-down piece of crap that doesn't do what it says it's going to do, and it's, but it's not going to fix the problem. And it's going to raise the debt limit to some astronomical number yep. that we're going to be able to borrow from the Chi-Coms, from the Chinese. That's where we're getting our money and from. And here's the other problem, Cameron. They're probably going to, because remember, Barack Obama and Harry Reid do not want this debt ceiling thing coming up again next year during the presidential campaign. So they're going to modify it to make sure that the debt ceiling is raised until after the campaign. Oh, yeah. I remember one of the first press conferences that Bush or Obama had on this. He's talking about things that are going to occur in 2013. I'm thinking, yeah. oh, you mean after the election but, is but, when these but, things are going to happen. watch, mark my words, when that, thing, when that thing gets massacred and comes back from the Senate to the House for a vote, it's going to be with a, with a, uh, um, with a date after the election. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And so we haven't solved the problem because we just we're down just going to kick it down the, the road, road and again. nothing's going to get done. And, and I hope that, that uh, all of these, uh, you know, um, Standard & Poor's and all these people who rate our debt, I hope they take that into account and our debt takes a hit anyway because that's the only way they're going to deal with it. That's right. That's right. And, you know, uh, we've got a president right now who's got a 46% uh, approval rating. We have a GDP that's 1.3%. And the last quarter yeah. only grew at 0.4%. Yeah. 0.4. Yeah. Listen, we're, we're nationwide unemployment over 9%. N- 9.2%. We're in a recession yeah. again. And wasn't, wasn't all of that egregious spending in that bailout money supposed to provide it for was, jobs? We were supposed to have 6% unemployment nothing, now. Nothing Obama told us was going to happen came true. Why is anybody believing what he's saying on this on this budget deal? I, why does know, anybody believe anything he says? Cut, cap, and balance is the only way to go. And the Republican, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that people that go in there and vote on, that stand on integrity and do what the people ask them to do, that, uh, that, um, freshman Republican class was put in there to do this, to cap spending well, you, and get you know it what? under the Republican party and now they're makes... being demonized by their own party. Because they're a bunch of idiots. This is interesting. This is from the Heritage Foundation. Uh, Heritage Foundation is a very 
conservative think tank out there, one of the premier ones. Uh, this is on Bush versus Obama mm-hmm. deficit spending. We get Bush, President Bush expanded the federal budget by historic $700 billion through 2008. Yeah. President Obama would add another $1 trillion. So in eight years, Bush expanded by $700 billion. Right. In two years, Obama by $1 trillion. President Bush began a string of expensive financial bailouts. President Obama is accelerating that course. President Bush created a Medicare drug entitlement program that would cost an estimated $800 billion in the first decade. Uh, President Obama... Well, we've got Obamacare that's going right. to cost us a billion. Uh, let's see here. And that's not in the first decade, right? Isn't, is uh, Ob- Obamacare is going to cost us a trillion in the first decade. Yeah, a trillion, uh, a not trillion. a billion. No, no, a trillion. Right, sorry. Uh, President Bush increased federal education spending 58% faster than inflation. Uh, Obama now has doubled that number. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, president Bush became the first president to spend 3% of GDP on federal anti-poverty programs. Obama has increased that spending by... Twenty percent. Yeah. 20% yep. of our GDP. Uh, President Bush tilted the income tax burden t- more toward upper income taxpayers. Uh, President Obama would continue that trend. President Bush presided over a $2.5 trillion increase in the public debt through 2008, setting aside 2009, for which President Bush and Obama share responsibility. Uh, President Obama's budget would add $4.9 trillion in public debt from the beginning of 2010 through 2016. Yeah, that's an addition right? Yes. to what we've already seen. So we've seen, we're going to see from now, from President Bush in 08 until 2016, we're going to see uh, $6 trillion. $6 trillion in debt. It's un. Fathomable. It's un. Um, I, I. You know, Bill. We talked about this, and I know you don't necessarily think it's the way to go. But I often wonder if revolution. If we need another revolution in this country to set things straight. Well, all I can say about that is, even Doctor Evil doesn't have a concept of a trillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you going to get the charismatic leader to lead the revolution? I don't know. We're all sheep, Cameron. I, I just, We're all sheep in this. Everybody's too concerned. Look, we—it's the perfect storm. The, 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 um, the people who benefit from the entitlements, the entitlement culture we created—they are indebted to government for the for the crumbs they throw off the table. So they don't want to lose that. They—they're afraid to lose it. And the conservatives and the people that have money don't want to lose what they have. Right? So everyone's digging in. Well, and when you've got now Obama, who's got uh, some god... I mean, like, what, we have 48% of the public that doesn't pay taxes? Yeah. Not, that's not, remarkable. We it, have to get to a flat... A consumption tax or a flat tax. Something. It's I mean, everybody's got to have a dog in the game. That's right. Everybody's got to have a dog right. in the fight. Look, it, you can't have a system where half the people only have a dog in the right. fight. Right. And, 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 because and they you, want more and more. Exactly. I mean, we are, if, are we going, this is a, I think we're at a make or break moment for our country, Bill. Yeah. Are we going to be a socialist European nation right. that, that, is, that engages in class warfare, or are we going to be the United States of America? But the only way to be the United States of America is get back to the fundamentals of our Constitution, which defines what the role of the government is. And the government's role is to, you know, provide for our safety uh, and get out of the way. How really, much, that's what their role is. But not don't to you be think safe. that the majority of the American public wants that? 
No, obviously not. Obviously not, because even the, the I mean, even those who aren't getting entitlements on the front end, right, uh, such as you know welfare or food stamps or public support, they're getting it on the back end through Medicare or Medicaid. So everybody's everybody's subject or to it. Or Social Security. They're yeah, Social Security. So they're all enslaved by the system to some degree. The seniors and the conservatives on that end won't support any changes to their entitlements. They just want to do it to the to the poor and the downtrodden. And the downtrodden and the poor say no, do it to them. Right. And right. the Republicans are in the middle crapping them or the the politicians crapping themselves because they don't want to do it to anyone because anyone's a potential vote. Anyone's a potential vote and in the end it's us against them because they want to benefit themselves, increase their power, increase the the money that they can dole out to their friends and neighbors, whatever, whoever well, that might be. Well, but that's why right now the system is under assault, and they're trying to protect the system because they benefit from the system. Well, and I think that the system needs to be under assault even more. It should be. Well, that not that really what the Tea Party movement is all about? But is that going to lose steam now? Are we going to... Are we? Are, I don't think so. I think... I See, I think I'm with you on that one. I think that if they keep screwing the pooch, yeah. I think they're going to see even more Tea Partiers I agree. Time In fact, I think you may see a crumbling of the two-party system, and I think you may see independent candidates being elected. Uh, but see, that's the death of us right there. I don't it, think it's so. It's the death of us. It is. Chairman, it's the, because it's just, you, you, you give all the power then to the libs and the you socialists. Don't. You do. You don't. You Look, can't have a divided majority like that. You. But listen, what... You're but, talking about a third party, right? No, I'm talking about independents. People running as independents who saying I'm not I'm not for this party or for that party. Because you know, we we almost shouldn't allow party affiliation. You know, I heard this from uh Jesse Ventura and I never heard this concept before, but it makes no sense. He says, do away with it. Don't let them run as a Democrat or a Republican. Don't allow it. Make them run on their values and who they are. And then you would build true coalitions based on the constituency that supported these people. But right now in the freshmen, typically, typically, we got a big freshman class who who are much more uh, principled than... And disciplined. And disciplined and united than in the past. But typically what happens, Cameron, it's just like any job, right? Remember when you came into the police department and your and your, uh, your training officer would bump you around and tell you that's how we do things here, son. And I'll guarantee you, everybody who's ever been trained, they tell you to do, th- you know, they sleep in the car and they do this. And these things that you know you're not going to do and, and, it, and, it, and it makes you sick to your stomach to have to sit through it when you're on training. But when you get off, you just don't do that, that, that those things. Right. Well, that happens in Congress, too. They pull you aside and they say, hey, son, don't make us look bad, right? When I went into investigations, I was a, kind of ahead of my uh, uh, age group. When I got promoted, and I walked in there, and these guys were taking three-hour breakfasts, three-hour lunches, working four hours a day, going to movies. It was crazy. Three days into it, they tell me, we're, we're going to breakfast, my area partners, right, and my training investigator. And I said, I'm not going. What do you mean we're not going? I'm not going. I got work to do. And I, I wanted to say, I don't want to go sit in a, you know, Mimi's Cafe for three hours, listen to you guys bitch about the sheriff's department. I want to get my work done. From that day forward... They turned their back on me and left me like a flat rock. Now, what happened was, soon, you know, they started getting rotated out, newer guys came in, and, and, the, and the culture changed. 
But that's what happens in Congress. You got the same thing. They're pulling them aside and going, you're making me look bad. You're putting pressure on me. Boehner, I earned this spot. I want to enjoy it. I should be enjoying my power. You're causing me to do things that make me uncomfortable. Look at that moron uh, McCain who just got up there and he was talking about Middle Earth and, and the Hobbit and all this stuff when he was referring to the... To, to the Tea Partiers. He can't identify with them. That's why that guy would have been no better as president than Barack, Barack Obama. Obama. Because he's just a big, fat compromiser. And, and compromisers aren't leaders. They won't make tough decisions. Have you seen Barack Obama make one decision? None. In this, in this or the past uh, uh, balance, uh, the, the budget you know, uh, it, proposal? Nothing. Nothing. I, I got to hand it to the guy. I, I think he is possibly going to go down as one of the worst presidents this nation's ever seen. Yeah. I, I really do. Hey, I don't think he's done I, a I will damn say one thing, thing for us. Look, I always thought Jimmy Carter was the worst president nope. of my lifetime. Barack Obama. But at least Jimmy Carter was all wrong, but at least he tried, and he made decisions, and he did things. His problem was he was too much of a micromanager. He didn't delegate right. enough, and he didn't bring a, a, a brilliant team in. And rely upon them to take care of him. This guy, though, he's he's off the reservation. I mean, he makes no decisions to him because for or he makes delayed decisions to when he's either not there or after well, the election. But, but that's not a decision. He's deferring. I, he's, I he's understand that. Everything but, you know, he does, I mean, he kicks down the road. He's tr because to him, if he makes a decision, he's going to alienate somebody, and he doesn't want to alienate anybody, and he hopes he can blame it on other people, and he's been successful so far. And, the, and, and what we've learned over time in watching these things develop is the guy or gal with the biggest uh, clout, which is the president, typically can pass things off and make peop other people the fall guy. His problem is our economy is such a mess, and it doesn't look like it's going to turn around. And our I, job situation such a mess, and it doesn't look like it's going to turn around. Our debt crisis is so bad, and it looks like we're going to get downgraded anyway. Him. It's yeah, because of, of him. It's because he's created a complete environment where there is absolute uncertainty on everything. Right. And if you have uncertainty on everything... The markets respond in kind, so business people respond in kind because they all sit back and say, I don't know what the hell to do. So here's what we're going to see. In a one-term president, I hope. Well, we'll see because he's going to take that and say, it's not my fault. I wanted to do these things. They wouldn't let me. And so he's going to blame it on Boy, the I, Republican I, see, Party. And here's the thing. If we don't get a good communicator on the Republican side that can stand up and say, come on, let's look at the record. And yeah. point that you don't see. That's the thing that the Republicans, I think, I think, are afraid of. They're afraid that they're going to be called racist if they go against Barack Obama. And I think that's insane. I don't think there's anybody on this planet now or in America that's going to say that if you don't like Barack Obama's policies, you're racist. I don't think I don't anybody know. believes that. One of the articles we had in preparation for the show here today uh, talked about... Jesse Jackson making that exact claim. Well, but you know it's, what, though? It's always it's, going it's, to happen. It's you going, can't worry about sure. it. Sure. You, you know what? But you know I don't think it affects the mainstream like they'd like it to affect the mainstream. Speaking of its impact on the presidential race, what's interesting here, and I think really of benefit to whoever becomes a candidate for the Republican Party, do you even see them commenting on this thing? Actually, no. You know what? They've no, all been quiet Because on. why? And this is what's great. Usually, remember, it was Bob Dole trying to run against... Uh, Bill Clinton, and it was, and you had McCain who was in the Senate trying, and, and he ran back to do that vote, right, which right, killed uh -huh. him. Right, right? Right, right. I mean, he 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 was ahead in the polls. He went back and screwed that up. And, and he, right now, 
Boehner isn't running for anything. He just wants to be Speaker of the House. So you can't blame it on him in a political way, in the same way that you could if Boehner were a candidate. And that's what's great. These candidates are sitting off to the side, and they're going to wait till this thing blows up. And they can do precisely what you said. And the good thing is, most of them are articulate, and they're not afraid to say, no, the numbers aren't working. The math isn't working. Your economy's not working. Your job performance isn't working. And, and I'm really hoping that in all of this, uh, I think the, the our uh, knight in shining armor is going to be Chris Christie. I, I, yeah. I'm hoping that he, he dude, that guy. I, I know he's, he's he's fat and he's out of shape and he and he and he doesn't look the part. But man. He's the kind of guy that I, I feel I could trust to go in there and clean house. You know, I like Chris Christie uh, in many respects. Um, the one thing that did disappoint me on that guy is when the woman asked him the question about where his kids went to school and he snapped at her. Do you remember that? No, I don't She remember. asked him, uh, his kids go to a Catholic school in, uh, you know, in New Jersey somewhere. Well, what did he snap and at her about? What happened is she asked him, she said, how can you make these tough decisions? And obviously he's making tough decisions uh, on on policies that affect public schools. And, his, and he basically said, looks at her and said, where my kids go to school is none of your business, and just snapped at her. Now, my, I have a problem with that because, for this reason. He is fully, 100% fully justified to make the decisions that he makes. And his, he, we all as Americans can send our kids if we wherever can we to want. wherever we want. Right. He should have said, they go to I make school. these decisions based on the authority given to me by the people of the state of New Jersey, and I am doing my best to live up to it. Now, I, for my own personal reasons, put my kids in Catholic school because I believe in the, you know, whatever. Right. It, you know, it's my, uh, I, I want them to have the same religious foundation or whatever it is. Who cares? But I think, I think elected officials have an absolute right to answer legitimate questions and not to get not to get snippy with and, them, and, right. cut, and cut them like off. Like Larry Agron and Beth Crone. And who's the guy who left uh, the White House uh, to run for the mayor of uh, New Jersey? Ram Emanuel. And Ram Emanuel. Now, here's the problem. This is my problem with commentators on both sides. He did the same thing two days ago, and and people on the on the right were laying him out for because he basically. Uh, 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 a reporter asked him where, where that about his kids going to pi- uh, uh, private school, and he just snapped at her and ended the interview and said, "I'm the mayor. Uh, I'm the one who's in public. My kids are out of it." And he ends, and she's like, "Well, I have more questions." He's like, "Not, not today. Thank you for your time. This interview's over." This is the problem. Wrong on the right and wrong on the left is wrong. It doesn't matter who it's coming from, and I think they were both wrong. Christie was wrong. And so is Emmanuel. If you're if you're going to take a public position, this is what happened with Corona, right? When when he when he got us back against the wall, what did he do? He cut the media off. He started talking to him one on one. He tried to control it. That's when you know you got problems. Come out and answer it and tell the truth. Learn from Sheriff Joe. You're going to come through it better, and you're going to have more respect. Outstanding. Well, that's about it for today, my Amen. friends. It goes by quick, doesn't it? This is the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Great show today, as always. Thank you, Bill, for coming in. My Once pleasure. Once again, coming up next is Two Left Feet. It's Avant Pop presented in Space Time with Paul, baby. Uh, so uh, look forward to that. We'll see you all back here next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat hour, uh, 5 to 6 p.m. every Friday. Bye-bye. <laughs>